0: Episode of stuck in my mind. I am your host, W I Z E. My next guest. I am so excited. Um, I'll just let her tell you what, what she does. Welcome to the show, Jennifer Moore.
1: Thank you so much, Will. I am I am really excited to be here too. Okay, so I'm supposed to tell you what I do.
0: <laughs> no, no, wait, I, I got questions to ask. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I do I do have questions to ask. Awesome. All right. Uh hold on what. What is going on? Where did my questions go?
1: Where did your questions go?
0: Yeah, no, I I had some. I I promise you, I I had. I, had I have some.
1: no doubt. Yeah.
0: I don't know where they went though. Oh man, wait, hold on. Because I, I I had them all with when I did my description and everything for the show, so they should be here. Ah, there we go. All right. We're <laughs> All right. So can you share a bit of share a bit about your personal journey from being an emotional hot mess to become to becoming an expert in empathic mastery?
1: I I'll do my best, um, <laughs> especially trying to keep it short and sweet. So my name is Jennifer Moore, and I'm the author of the book Empathic Mastery, which actually I just learned won its fifth book award. Um, just the other day and um, it got, it was in the first, it got the first place ranking for the uh, uh, independent authors network uh, first and basically first place for nonfiction. So I'm kind of like, Oh my God. Anyway, I'm very excited if you can't tell. And what I do is I work with other people who are highly sensitive and empathic and I help them to navigate how to stop being completely overwhelmed by taking on all the thoughts, feelings, energy, and sensations that are coming from the world around them and dealing with that. And the reason that I do this work is because I understand what it is like to be told that you are too sensitive, that you are overreacting, that you're taking things too personally, that you've got an overactive imagination, that you just need to get a tougher skin, that you just need to suck it up, stop worrying about all these things and just get on with it. And I spent my childhood as a very sensitive, very creative, very magical, but also very sort of shy and really doubting myself kid. And that sort of went from there into my young adulthood, where I had a lot, I really had low self-esteem. I was constantly looking to Um, other people, for approval, for love, for validation. And especially, um, you know, I didn't meet an emotionally unavailable boyfriend that I didn't want to glom onto. And so I really experienced a lot of distress. And I didn't really know how to function in the world. I didn't really know how to like, just navigate because I was so overwhelmed by all of the intensity of my own emotions. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s. And I started to work with a really amazing therapist, who was also really psychic, who helped me to start to understand that a lot of the time I would be in a state of distress after I had been picking up the thoughts, the feelings, the energy, the sensations, the worries, and the concerns that had come from somebody else or from a circumstance or situation. And so we would start talking about what had been going on. And a lot of times it would be like, you were fine before you connected with this person. And then you had this encounter with this person and then you started to feel really lousy after that. Do you think maybe there's a connection there? And I started to see how frequently I was taking on absorbing amplifying and all um and and worrying about other people's stuff but also taking on a sense of it's my job to fix this it's my job to make this better it's my job to to do something about this and so i found myself kind of dancing between the part of me that felt like it was my job to be responsible for everything going on in the world and the part of me that just wanted relief And sought that relief through, like, eating a lot of sugar, through smoking a lot of cigarettes, through getting into a lot of stupid relationships, and just sort of, like, trying to cope. And on both sides of this, what it ended up causing for me was being in a place of just not really having any idea how to function and live in the world. and. I was, so I was a raging sugar addict. I had, I quit smoking and gained 40 pounds in my, like when I was 23 years old and pretty much like, I didn't have a clue what I was going to do, where I was going to go, how I was going to sort my life out. And, um, and I just sort of lived in this sort of state of emotional agitation. So, uh, Hopefully that's enough of an answer, you know. I could go on and on about all all the misery, but that's not what we're here for. No, no,
0: no. We have uh, we have actually some comments. Um, my friend Tina Marie, even though it shows as Facebook user on here, I Uh I looked on Facebook and I saw it was her, and she she's a fellow empath. And for there's there's people out there that they don't know, they won't realize that they are empath. That they might be exactly where, yeah, they're, they're they're start. They might coming to the somewhere and they're in great mood and everything. And there's someone around them. That's just very negative, low energy, low vibrations. And they're picking up on that. And they're not realizing that this person is like that.
1: Exactly. They don't even realize. And, I have I will say that I've worked with so many people over the years who when we first started working together, they thought it was all them. And they thought that all of the stuff was going on. They're like, what is wrong with me? Why is it that I go to this place and all of a sudden I feel so sad? I feel so scared. I feel so upset. And so much of the time, because we don't live in a culture that necessarily acknowledges how sensitive we can be to other people's emotions and energy, A lot of times we just assume that the problem is ours. And what I've also seen is that most of the people that I have worked with and also I've interviewed for my podcast, Empathic Mastery Show, I have found over and over again that people many, many people who are highly sensitive and empathic will have the experience of being in family systems that are not acknowledging what's really going on. And so the kid is picking up the distress that's going on in the family. But anytime they start calling it out, like naming the elephant in the middle of the room, they are basically told you're overreacting, you're taking it too personally, you're being too sensitive, you're making stuff up. That's not really happening. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And so what I find is that a lot of people who are empaths don't necessarily know that that's what they are because they've been gaslit about the fact that they're picking up other people's distress from the time they were really, really, really tiny. And that gaslighting not only causes us to like not necessarily believe in being an empath, but also can really cause us to doubt our intuition, to doubt our truth and to question ourselves and go to sort of the default of what's wrong with me, that I'm feeling this way right now.
0: And, and, and and Tina Marie continues. She goes, it, it, it brings you, it totally brings you down.
1: Yeah, Uh, totally. You
0: you, you get bashed and and it hurts. Yeah. and, And so it's, so what, what, she says it's physically and emotionally painful as well
1: yes yes
0: for someone who might not be aware of this that that they're empath yeah um how 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 could they find out how did how did you discover that you was an empath and this is what was going on with you
1: so um so let's start with so first of Let's start with my definition of the word. So first, one of the things I want to say is that empath is not a clinical term. it's a pop you know it, it's a pop culture term that came out of science fiction from the 1950s. There was first a, a short story called the empath that was written by this Scottish author whose name I always forget. Um, and then it and then in the 1960s Star Trek did an episode called the Empath and it started to show the idea of the empath. And the idea of the empath is that an empath is a a being who picks up the thoughts, feelings, energy and sensations from the world around them, like absorbs it, carries it, holds on to it. And f- but this is the thing that makes the difference between an empath and somebody with strong intuition and psychic ability is that unlike a psychic or an intuitive who recognizes that they're picking information up but they know it's coming from outside of them empaths process information as if it's our own and so for example if you were somebody who was really sensitive and intuitive you could walk into a house where maybe something really difficult had happened and they would be like oh my god this space feels so sad i feel so much i feel so much grief i feel so much anger i feel so much fear like i understand you know i'm picking up this but they know they're picking it up from the space Whereas the empath walks into a space and immediately goes, why do I suddenly feel so sad? Why am I so scared? Why am I so angry? And the thing is, because for many of us, we grew up in environments where people didn't necessarily want to own their feelings and didn't want to claim or take responsibility for stuff, we would often own things that aren't ours. But what makes it really hard is that as an empath, if you are picking up the stuff in the world but you're feeling it as if it is your own, it can be really hard to recognize that that's actually what's going on and that you are sensitive, that you are an empath. And so how did I figure this out was twofold. One, that therapist that I mentioned who started to help me understand like, this isn't yours, this is about somebody else. And that took me years of just like thinking it through, talking about it, processing it, and then going, wait a second, I was fine before I encountered this person. And then all of a sudden I was feeling all the things they were talking about feeling themselves. But what I also noticed, and this is the thing I found to be really kind of the dead giveaway for me is that, Whenever I am suddenly I go from like zero to 100 miles an hour, and I go from like, I'm just fine, everything in in my life is okay, I've got a roof over my head, I got food in my belly, I got clothes in my back, you know, I've got money in the bank account or enough money to like, that I'm not worrying about like the next bill that's coming along. And And all of those things are okay, but for some reason I'm feeling really distressed. I'm feeling really uneasy. I'm feeling really off kilter. I'm feeling something is just like weird or wrong. What I noticed is that when I'm feeling out of sorts for no reason at all, more than often than not, it is because I'm picking up stuff that's going on either in my immediate world Or a lot of times globally, like that I'm picking up stuff that's going on in the world around me. And what I will say is that for myself, time has been the greatest teacher because by noticing when I feel this way, but also starting to talk to and connect with other highly sensitive empaths and talking about, are you feeling it? Oh, yeah, I've been feeling it all of a sudden there starts to be like, we start tracking things. And what we started noticing, I started noticing for myself, but then I started getting like confirmation from other people was so often, like if we checked in, it was like, I've just started suddenly started feeling really weird. I suddenly started feeling really strange. I suddenly started feeling like, oh, something's coming. Like some things I feel uneasy. And then all of a sudden it's like three, four, five, six. 10 20 people come back to me or like if I do a you know like I do a TikTok video and I'm like hey can you feel it and I you know and it's like everybody is like ticking like 90 percent of the people who are ticking the box are like yes 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 and an example of this would be like shortly before um, about two weeks before um, Israel and Palestine just blew up and Hamas um, attacked Israel We, you know, I was talking with a bunch of sensitive people, and we were all talking about how it felt like something was coming. And that feeling of like, I can sense something is on its way is something that I've noticed. But unlike a psychic or an intuitive who might be picking this up and be like, oh, I can see there's a conflict in the Middle East, often what happens is we feel it as a sense of fear, agitation, distress grief, but it's not necessarily identifiable in the same way, except that then the event happens. And for me and many of the people I've spoken to, it's almost like you feel like the pressure valve on a a pressure cooker has been released. And suddenly it's like, oh, I don't feel this way anymore. I'm not experiencing that dread. I'm not experiencing that sense of like, oh, something wrong is on, on the verge of coming. And I personally believe That especially as the world has been heating up, kind of both like literally and metaphorically, that more and more people are awakening to this empathic sensitivity, that more and more people cannot just compartmentalize and stuff it down and ignore it. Because I believe that a fundamental truth is starting to arise in the world, which is that we are all cells in the body of this earth and we are all interconnected. And so when we do really stupid things in one part of the world, even if we're on the other side of the planet, there is still a way that, that the ripples of that impact us. And if you sort of get into like the whole quantum physics and you know going into the idea of time as an illusion you know time time is a construct but ultimately all we have is is now and so in a way if an event is intense enough it's sort of like the intensity of that is like a stone that gets dropped into the river of time and the ripples go both ways so and what i've noticed for many of us who are sensitive even if we don't necessarily first identify or get it is like there will be this 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 ability to anticipate and feel things before they're they're coming now this is not true for every single person who is an empath but i've noticed this to be fairly consistent
0: okay yeah. yeah so tina tina actually says thank you for spreading the wisdom so that others may realize they are not so different nothing yeah. is wrong with us it's only it's only right and 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 it's true there, there are people out there that are struggling with this with this not knowing that they're they their empath and that right and that they don't they, they feel it's something wrong with them like you said they don't realize that they're picking up the energy from the world around them yeah and, and yeah. they're really struggling with this they're, they're really going through thinking people that hey there's something wrong with you when there's really nothing really wrong it's it's we're all energy Yes. And for some of us, are just a little bit more advanced, where they're a- they're able to pick up certain frequencies all the time. Like they're they they're they're feeling every kind of vibration imaginable. So you have people out there struggling with this, not realizing that it's not you; it's the conflict and the energy around you that's causing this inside of you. Right? How, how can how do how do how does it how does someone try to get that answer to help them realize that, hey, it's not really me. It's not.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, so so I've got a, a few strategies here. And, you know, I mean, I wrote a 380 page book about this because it's not exactly like there's so not, many different pieces to it. Uh, you know, there's just so many different pieces to it. And There's so much I want to say. One thing I want to say is that as an empath, we, in many ways, we can either be, you know, we're kind of like vacuum cleaners. We can either be in the position where the switch is turned to sucking energy in or where the switch is turned to blowing energy out. And the thing is, we can either be picking up the distress from the world around us and broadcasting it and amplifying it because when we pick it up and we feel it we tend to amplify it because then we're just another you know we're just another fire to put out but when we learn how to control our energy and we start cultivating peace and calm and love within us we go from being these vacuums that are just absorbing the intensity and the distress to becoming beacons for calm love and healing and actually being able to amplify peace instead of amplify distress And that's the thing about us. That's our superpower is the ability to sense things in the world, hold the space for it, and then broadcast love back out. And so what I will say is that this is more of the kind of like, I don't know, like advanced level or graduate level empath work. But that but it's true for all of us is that We need to be able to be comfortable with discomfort. We need to be able to be comfortable with holding space for ourselves first and foremost when we're having a hard day instead of like going through the, you know, all of those voices and the narrative and the you're broken and you're wrong and you shouldn't be doing this. And just all the things we, the grief we put ourselves through when we're having a hard time learning to come to a place of like merciful kindness and radical acceptance of ourselves when we're going through something difficult and letting it be okay. If we're in that space, that the ability to hold space for distress allows us to let it be instead of immediately rushing into rescue. And so as empaths, the thing is, we feel better when other when we are taking on the energy of the world. And when we believe that our job is to fix things like one of my students came up with this saying, if I can feel it, I need to heal it. And the thing is that If we believe that, then we're going to get ourselves, we are constantly caught up in this place of thinking, it's my job to make the world a better place. It's my job to fix the problem because I can see it. Sometimes interference is the worst thing we can do. And I'll give an example of this that like, would probably land for most people. Let's take an alcoholic, for example. No amount of effort on the part of the person in the relationship with the alcoholic is going to make them stop drinking. The only thing that is going to make a drunk stop drinking is when they Realize that it's not working for them, they feel the consequences of their behavior and they make the decision to do something different. And in a lot of ways, this is true for so many things. We can hold space for somebody to sit with their discomfort or with their misery or with the things that are going on in their life, but it's not our job to fix it or rescue it. It is our job to behold it and acknowledge it. And believe that that person has agency and the ability to make that choice for themselves. And this is like big work because it really is about trusting that the universe is unfolding as it needs to. And that it's not necessarily my job or your job to go meddling in everything to try to fix problems, because we can see the problem and think, well, that person hasn't figured it out yet. So it's my job to interfere, basically. So that's a really big part of what as empaths, we get to work on. But before we go there, what I have found is really helpful is I you know, the five step system of empathic mastery has recognizes the first step releases the second step. Protect is the third. Connect is the fourth, and act is the fifth. Recognizing starts with even identifying that we are an empath, that we recognize that we are vulnerable to picking up energy and then processing it as if it's our own, and then coming to the place of recognizing when we're offline or out—not offline, but off—you know, out of sorts when we're off kilter, when something feels amiss. And then going from that to starting to recognize, okay, what's mine, what's not mine. So what I really love to do is whenever I notice that I'm picking any, that I'm just feeling strange, I'll just put my hands over my heart, close my eyes, and I'll ask myself the question, is this mine? And I will say that probably 95% of the time, the answer has come back, yes, and. Some of this is yours. Some of this is about the time that you experienced the mean girls in sixth grade. Some of this is about the time that you were sick with pneumonia when you were 17. Some of this is about the time that you were humiliated by that that professor or that teacher or whatever but there is but a lot of it is coming from outside of you. And so I'll get this answer that a lot of times there's a part of it that's about me, but there's a large part of it that is not. And so then once I get that yes, yes, some of it is yours, some of it isn't, I will ask the next question which is what's mine, what's not mine. And that's where often I'll be like, "Oh, that was from the mean girls. This is from but this is about like the the cranky the cranky person at the grocery store that I just ran into." And when I've got that answer of what's mine, what's not mine, and I start having a sense of like some of this is mine, some of this is not mine, then what I do is I like to just take a really simple exercise of just I breathe into my heart. And as I breathe out, and I like to have my hands over my heart, I exhale and I release my hands and I say, I send this back to where it belongs. And I just use my inhale and my exhale, I send this back to where it belongs. Um, it's safe for me to let this go. And if I, and one of my favorite things to also say, I've got two lines that I live by that have been really helpful. One is the old Polish proverb, not my circus, not my monkeys. And just, you know, a lot of times I really have to remind myself of that, like not my circus, not my monkeys. And if you grow up in a family where there was a lot of like, transference of problems, and a lot of people who kind of like codependent worry, and things like that. I grew up in a family system that basically everybody's monkeys were my monkeys, everybody's circus was my circus. And I really, you know, like I was taught, like, if you can, you know, as a student, my student was saying, if I can feel it, I need to heal it. And so for me, that old, you know, that proverb, not my circus, not my monkeys, that has been really, really helpful. And then another one that I live by that I really love, I find so helpful is the saying, your poor planning does not constitute my emergency. Like, just because you're in a state of crisis right now, because basically you got yourself there, does not mean I need to drop absolutely everything in my entire life to make it better for you. And that has certain, I mean, sometimes that, that statement it doesn't apply, but a lot of times as an empath, I do find that it applies that just like your poor planning does not constitute my emergency. And so those two statements, not my circus, not my monkeys and your poor planning, those things have been incredibly helpful in terms of just being able to like get perspective and be like, maybe it's not my job to fix this problem right now.
0: Oh man, yeah. Definitely, definitely.
1: Yeah.
0: So can can you can you share the story behind the creation of your your oracle decks and sure. the photographic uh, healing Ta- tarot?
1: Yeah, yeah. So so I picked up so I I learned, I don't even know when I learned about the tarot. I mean, maybe it was probably like watching like the James Bond movie with the witch's tarot, like way back. But by the time I was like 18, 19 years old, I really wanted my own, I wanted a tarot deck. So for my 19th birthday, I got my first deck and um, I fell in love immediately. And I understood it immediately. It was like, I just knew it. And I, and so it didn't, I, I was an undergraduate as an artist I've been an artist my entire life. As an undergraduate, I went to art school. I actually ended up getting a degree in fine arts, but with a focus on filmmaking and photography, which is kind of amazing in some ways how much my entire life, filmmaking and photography has been the tool that I've used with marketing, with everything. I mean, it's just been kind of incredible how much it kind of has, has, even though it's not necessarily how I've made my living, it is It is has been a skill that I've used my entire life. So I I got out of, you know, I got out of, basically I got out of art school and I found that I was like not ready for prime time when it came to being an artist and making money. I had way too many self-esteem issues. I had way too many limiting beliefs about artists starve and garrets and, you know, you can't make a living as an artist and all of this other stuff. And so I started reading tarot cards for money. I started working as a psychic and what started to happen was where I first started doing the work. It was all about like, you know, predictive readings. Uh, I, there's this um, old, this terrorist that I knew, I've known for many years named Velasa who used to say, ah, you're going to meet a tall, dark cesspool and fall in. And which I really love because what happened for me was I started, at, when I first started reading, it was like, you're going to meet this person and you're going to fall in love and you're going to have this many kids and yada, yada, yada. But over time, I started to get really curious about what is it about the patterns that you keep getting yourself into? Why do you keep on finding yourself being attracted to the same person over and over and over again. Why do you keep on falling into that cesspool? And as I started doing that, I started looking at the tarot as a, as a, an oracle for learning and for our life lessons and at at each card as a healing process for every single one of us. And as I started working with this and understanding the tarot in this broader way and much more in a way of like your soul's evolution, as opposed to thinking about it as just predictive. I started to envision and think about like, what would it be like to create my own deck? And so I actually right around the time that I started thinking about this, I had created a series of masks and I had shown them at this Halloween party called the Pumpkin Ladies Ball that happened in Massachusetts for a number of years down in the, in the Boston area. And um, and these people, these dancers came up to me at this, this event and they were like, oh, my God, your masks are amazing. We're about to do this dance performance piece called The Fool's Fable. It's all about tarot. Um, and we think you would like we'd love for you to make all the masks for the show. And I was like, OK. And that was what started me, was I made masks for this dance performance that led you through all of the 22 major arcana cards. And that was what sort of started me. And then I was like, I have to make a deck. And so I did this photographic tarot deck where I made masks for every single tarot card. And I enlisted all my friends and some people and all my acquaintances And then for the next, like from, I, I trying to think of the math here, but was like somewhere in the vicinity of like, from like 1989 until like 1994, I just kept shooting images and creating masks and creating this deck. And eventually I had all 78 cards completed. And, and so But I wanted to make, like, I just felt this burning desire to create a tarot deck. And, but I wanted to make one that was really about how we can use it as a tool for our personal growth, for our spiritual development and for our healing.
0: Yeah. That was, that's my next question is what, what role does your deck play in, in helping individuals in their healing journey?
1: You know, I think that it is. There's so many different ways that it can be used. I, and this is true, I think, for anybody working with the tarot or with any kind of Oracle decks. You can use it in a way that is a springboard for self-exploration, where you look at it and even ask yourself the question of, like, does this ring true to me? Does this resonate with me? What part of this resonates with me? What part of this doesn't resonate with me? What part of this feels like yes? What part of this feels like close but no Cigar and just sort of using it as a way to like almost like journal prompts, you know, like as for self exploration. There's also the experience of using it more as an oracle or using it more from that standpoint of like prediction. And as a reader, what I do is I lay the cards out, and it's sort of like looking at a whole bunch of windows in front of me where I get to see the energy of where something is going for somebody and talk about or where the energy has been and where we can start reflecting on like how all of these different pieces fit together to create a picture of somebody's life. And so in my experience, there's using it from the standpoint of just sort of not predictive or necessarily psychic or reflective, but more like just um, self exploration. And then there's using it more from the standpoint of I'm looking at a mirror of my life. um, Or somebody I've hired somebody to look at a mirror of my life. And they're giving me perspective, they're giving me information, they're giving me guidance about stuff. And one of my absolute favorite ways to work with tarot at this point in time is every year or most years, I do what's called a magnificent new year readings where I pull out the cards And I do uh, like a 12 month spread with a couple extra cards for like clarification. And I talk about the frequencies, the energy, the vibration of the year, and kind of how it all is gonna fit together. I don't necessarily say, ah, you're gonna, you know, like you're gonna meet your husband and get married on this date. Or like you're going to buy a car, you're going to buy a house. As much as I talk about the energy of this period of time is going to be all about self-esteem. It's going to be all about personal recognition. It's going to be all about validation and acknowledgement. This year, this particular period of time, is going to be all about boundary setting and about setting limits and recognizing like what is, what are you, where are you overgiving? Where are you overdoing it? And having this opportunity to kind of look at this roadmap of the, the direction or the likelihood of where things are going to go. And I'm going to actually answer a question that's in my mind, which is about the future. And what I believe is that while um, that, that the future is not set in stone, but there are dominant streams of reality that we're most likely to go down based on the choices that we are making, because the future is defined by our choices. And most of us have particular personality traits that lend us to do certain things. And so a lot of times the future is like, if you imagined like a tree or a river with all kinds of streams, there's dominant branches. And so a lot of times when we're looking at things that are about the future, what we're talking about are the dominant branches and what kinds of choices can you make to lead yourself in the most aligned, most flowing, most um, like optimal path of the future. Like how can you get into the timeline that's going to be good for you as opposed to the timeline that's basically going to be awful to avoid using any swear words.
0: (laughs) No, yeah, no, no. You're right. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, so you you have uh, the healing tarot cards yeah. and everything, but you're also a fellow podcaster. You you have. I am empathetic mastery show. Yeah. What? Because I know, I know, I know this niche is is uh, just because people rather check out podcasts that are more bro dude they're, 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 no they're, they're, it's more it's more entertaining they're not really like my podcast I, I do well I have a nice audience and everything yeah I'm sure there's people that tune into true crimes more they're, they're more yes. true crimes and all that I I enjoy podcasts where I where um I can learn about self-development and and, and all these different things what made you feel that? this was a podcast that you wanted to do, like?
1: Um. So I spend a lot of time or a fair, a decent amount of time in communication with divine source. Like just like tuning into the sacred heart within my, my own heart Mm -hmm. and listening for like a higher guidance than just like Jennifer's ego. And so, I kept getting this prompt that it was that I needed to be basically doing a podcast about what it means to be a highly sensitive empathic person, how this impacts all aspects of our lives, and the tools and resources that we can use to like steer out of the skid. And so when my book came out, i I got a very clear message that I needed to create a podcast to reflect or to, you know, that that sort of just like continue to enhance the message. But instead of doing a podcast where it's like, you know, it's, you know, all Jennifer all the time, I really wanted to bring other highly sensitive empathic people onto my show and have conversations with all kinds of empaths and intuitives and sensitives about how their life was impacted by this. And also what they've done to turn their life around. And so I'm in my third season at this point in time and have interviewed all kinds of different amazing people. And so like I've done episodes on like domestic violence and being an empath. I've done episodes on narcissists and empaths. I've done episodes on being an animal rescue and how empaths and animal rescue like go like this. I've done episodes on like um, ADHD and other aspects of neurodivergence and being an empath and how the intersection there's a lot of times there's a lot of cross-pollination between various variations of neuro uh, being of neurodiversity and empaths Um, you know I've done episodes on near-death experiences I've done episodes on people who had their relationship with their loved one when they died suddenly just completely turned into a whole new relationship Um, You know, you name it. I've done an episode on it. And I wanted to do this because one, as Tina Marie, I believe it is Tina Marie, right, was saying earlier, you know, I'm not alone. I think that one of the things that happens for so many of us, because most of us were the designated feeler, like we were the canary in the coal mine within the family system. And most of us grew up in environments where we were told that there was something wrong with us and that we were just weird and that we were picking stuff up that wasn't even real. And that basically like, you're just weird, go off in the corner. And so many of us feel isolated. Many of us feel like, you know, it's all in our head. There's something wrong with us i wanted to create a podcast that gave people hope that gave people connection that gave people t- it gave people information and gave people tools and resources but also very much a sense of i'm not the only one like this like for example I've out of the nearly, I mean, at this point I've I've interviewed more than definitely more than a hundred people at this point in time. Some of them are still in the can getting ready to air, but I've interviewed a lot of people over the years now. And one of the things that I can I can I can I will tell you is that about 95, maybe 90, 97% of the people I've interviewed were told that they were too sensitive, that they were over overreacting and they were making stuff up and it wasn't real when they were kids. A very small percentage of the people I've interviewed did not have this experience, but most of us did. And the problem with this gaslighting that happens at such an early age is it really ripples out for the rest of our life and it causes us to doubt ourselves and it also really causes us to pretty much like deny our purpose and put down our calling because we never got any validation or support or acknowledgement of it and so just having a show where other sensitive people get an opportunity to hear the true true about this and you know my show it's for me it's like I'm not as concerned about like I mean big numbers. Great. You know, like getting into the, I mean, at this point, thankfully uh, the podcast is in the top 10% of podcasts. Um, you know, but like, I mean, I have friends who are like in the top 0.05% yeah. of podcasts, which is really, I'm like, go you. Amazing, yes. But for me, what it really comes down to is I want the people who need them man. like I I'm doing this and I share these episodes because I want people who, who are struggling with taking on the thoughts, feelings, energy, and sensations from the world around them to know that they're not alone and that there's another way of doing this, that there's a better way of doing this, that we don't have to spend the rest of our life just like with like the emotional kryptonite of other people's misery up uh, being around us. Yeah.
0: So you know why this says this, this episode was successful. Tina just, just the fact that she got to leave those comments and share exactly what she was going through and what she was feeling. This is her. This is this is her episode. This was an episode she needed to 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 catch and and so for me, that's a success is when I can impact one person's life when one exactly. person who, who's watching the show like Tina Marie it was. And, and and could relate with what we're talking about.
1: Right. Well, and we are in such, you know, like th- the thing I've noticed in the world of transformational entrepreneurs and spiritual development and healing is that it has really gotten co-opted by the hustle culture. And it's really gotten co-opted by like the whole sort of capitalist 10X everything, you know, grow, 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 bigger, bigger, bigger. And so it's like sometimes I see so many people struggle about their message because they have this false idea that the success of the message is directly connected to the number of likes and follows that you have. And the thing is that I'd much rather know that my message saved one life than that my message reached a whole bunch of people who just kind of were like, yeah, whatever, Like, what matters more, giving one person hope who needs it or 10 people hope who need it or 100 people hope who need it or like somehow being like, you know, like rocking it, but not really necessarily making any true impact in the world. And And ideally, we get both. But
0: yeah, no. yeah. It, it's, it's, it's like, would you say when you throw the stone in the rock and you get the ripple effects, the
1: ripple, right. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So
0: it's when you throw the stone and you hit that one person and you impact that one person, you don't know how many people that person is going to impact.
1: Exactly. So it's
0: a ripple effect. So the fact that you, you I, I had a, a episode where it was a, we I had interviewed this person prior on my, when I was strictly audio so we, I brought her back on and we recorded the episode and I hadn't, I hadn't, for some reason, I don't know why I hadn't released it. Mm. I just released it recently within the past couple of months and she was struggling with something and I didn't know she was going on. But when I posted the, the, the episode and, and the description I put about her and all the wonderful words I said about her, she was like she sent me a message and she was like is this the episode we recorded last year i was like yeah my apologies for some reason i it got I, it got lost in in my episodes but when i saw it i was like let me release this something inside just said release this episode like, yep. when i seen the when i seen i was like Frederica i was like i didn't release this episode so i looked back and i'm like oh i didn't and i was like you know what i gotta release it and, and I released it and I put the description and I picked the uh, one of her I didn't know it was one of her favorite photos but it was something that I was like this is it, this is the picture I gotta use for the thumbnail and everything and I posted it shared it with her, tagged her in it she messaged me and she was like Thank, she's like you don't understand, I haven't been feeling the way you described me in that episode and it be really truly became her episode, like her episode impacted her. Like we recorded it to help impact other people, but that episode helped impact her cause didn't know she was going through how she was feeling. Like she didn't feel any of the things that I put in, in the description, but to hear me put those words out there and remind her that this is who she was, it wasn't her in the funk and all that. This is the person who I truly, who I saw. Yeah. And so she, it was like, she was like, thank you.
1: And And that. that's something you know what you're saying right now is something that we have the power to do for each other is we can mirror each other's beauty you know and that's something about an empath we can pick up on all the misery but we can also mirror each other's beauty we can hold that up and so often like you said it's like it goes both ways it's not just the audience that might get something from it but it's also us who are the podcasters who can really get something and there's something about the power of being heard, the power of being seen that comes back to us. I have a friend who just released her third book, and um, it's been really interesting because it's like she felt the energy of people reading the book coming back to her. And there's something about that. like it's it doesn't just go one way. It goes both ways. So, I love what you're talking and I love how you were saying that like timing wise, you, you just kind of, you just instinctively, intuitively, you just knew now's the time to be releasing this. And yeah. that's exactly when she needed it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was, it, and it was, like I said, I didn't know, like when I seen it and I'm like, I hadn't released I, And it, it was like, it drew my attention it, it like instantly when I, I was like, all right, it was time, yeah. time to release the next episode. And I'm going through my, my catalog. Cause I have like you, I have uh, quite a few in the can that I yeah. haven't used yet. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it just drew me to it. Cause I, I, cause I had trans, cause the funny, crazy thing was I had already, I had just transitioned to going live, doing live, yeah. like we're live now. Yeah. And so, but I, I couldn't do an episode that day. So I was going to use, I used our record, that recording it and I, and I uploaded it and I, and I set it up and everything. And it was just something inside of me telling me that this, this needed to go out. This Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this had to go. Yeah. And and that's, and that's exactly what I did. Yeah. And just the reaction that I got from her really, really. And and it's those messages. It was, that wasn't the first time that I've received messages from people about certain episodes or list that they listen to this episode. And, thank you i needed to hear that cuz yeah. it's been quite a few episodes where people like they'll, they'll go into details ex- specifics about the episode and when they said this and this that to me is like wow
1: yeah yeah and that's why we do it you know i have i've got a story to share um if i've if we've got time, got time. for it yeah
0: time. if you got time i've got time i got time i okay. got time
1: <laughs> so you know you're talking about like what I was thinking as we were speaking is about how sometimes you have absolutely no idea what impact you've made in somebody's life. Like you have no idea if the message landed. And many, many years ago when I was still like, I had my shingle up and my, and I was, mostly doing work as a tarot reader, this young woman came to me and the, I laid out the cards and it was really clear that she had a serious drug problem and she was addicted to narcotics and that she was kind of going down the path. And it's like, she was kind of like borderlining on become, be, she was almost a junkie, but not quite yet. Like, but she was going to become a junkie. And I looked at the cards and I was like, I could just see it so clearly that she had a choice that she could choose recovery and choose to dig herself like to dig out of the hole she was getting into or she was going to die. And I was really blunt with her. I was just like, it's completely your choice. But if you do this, you'll live and you have all this amazing power and you have all these amazing things to offer to the world and all of this good stuff. But if you do this, you're not going to live much more than three years from now. Like you're going to kill yourself. And she left the studio. You know, she left the reading. I had no freaking idea whether she was going to listen to me, whether she was going to take anything that I had to say seriously, whether she or if she was just going to be like, F that B, you know, I'm just going to. I'm just I'm not even like whatever like where's my next fix. Yeah. I had no idea. It wasn't until probably almost like 20 years later. Um, maybe 50, somewhere between 15 and 20 years later. She walked into my my studio cuz I worked as a tattooer doing it as a healing art for 20 years. She walked into my tattoo studio and she came up to me and came over, came to me and she said, you read for me 20 years ago and you changed. And and that reading changed my life. You told me that I had a choice and that I got to decide if I was going to live or die. Well, I chose to live and I'm here now. And I just want you to know that that reading did like that made a big difference in my life. I had no idea. It took 20 years to find out that this thing actually saved somebody's life. And that's the thing. We don't know who's listening. We don't know who's benefiting. We don't know who's getting that message. And when you start thinking about the fact that our podcasts sit on servers and like live in perpetuity for years and years and years, it's like, this is a message, like it's entirely possible that, I mean, you and I are recording this on Tuesday, November 28th, 2023, but it's entirely possible that, you know, on May 5th of like 2031, somebody's going to be listening to this podcast interview and they're going to be, oh my God, it's May, May 5th, 2031. And I'm listening to this, but it's, they hear the thing they need to hear, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. There's there's times, um, there's just sometimes times where a message will arrive to you when you truly do need to hear it.
1: Exactly. And, and... and so often too, you can hear the same message over and over and over again, but it's mm-hmm. not going to land until you're ready to hear it. I mean, yeah. I can't count the number of times somebody I've I've been told the same thing, but it takes a certain level of maturity and a certain amount of work on my own part to be able to really integrate it and understand it.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh man, this has been a wonderful conversation. Uh, we've the, the chats have actually we've been lighting up with with comments. So oh this has been great. Um but now you get the solo screen you get to plug away let them know where they can get the book, your website, everything.
1: Okay. Well so I kept it really, really simple. If you want to learn about all the things, go on to empathicmastery.com. If you want to listen to the podcast, it's empathicmasteryshow.com. And if you want to grab a copy of one of my books, which at this point, there's quite a few of them, go over to empathicmasterybook.com. And I will mention, so actually, I'll show you guys a couple books. Hang on for a second. So this is now a five-time award-winning book, Empathic Mastery, a five-step system to go from emotional hot mess to thriving success. And you can find that over at empathicmasterybook.com. But in addition to that, I have a workbook that I created that works with the moons instead of... Um, the seasons. And it's called the empathic mastery diary. And it's all about it's basically a guided diary that helps you to really track and recognize, you know, what's going on to recognize, release, protect, connect and act. In addition to that, I just want to mention to you that I have a free Facebook group called the Empathic Mastery Circle. And it is a place where you can get all kinds of support, where you can connect with other highly sensitive empathic people, and where I teach a free masterclass every single month right around the full moon. So we actually just had our class yesterday um, where we talked all about how to work with this. And if you are interested in coming on over and joining the free Facebook group, just jump on to empathicmastery.com slash masterclass. Um, I could go on and on. I love working with other highly sensitive empathic people. I, you know, I being a fairy godmother for empaths is what I'm here on this planet to do. And so, you know, please reach out to me. I am at Empathic Mastery on all the social media, you know, all the places where I show up. I've been a little bit lax in TikTok lately, but I've got a lot of videos on TikTok, a lot of stuff on Facebook, a lot of stuff on Instagram. And um, I'm here to help. And I'd love to hear from you. So please reach out.
0: Thank you. This is really Thank you. See, we went almost an hour Yeah. <laughs> like, so when you have when you're having some great conversations i tell people yeah it's about 35 45 minutes yeah. but there's sometimes you just have these conversations where you can just talk and and time just flies and you're like wow, it's like, yeah. wow. you just look at the time and you're like okay we did more than 45 minutes yeah don't, we... don't, 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 no, I, I love these conversations i, I do I too. Love, yeah i love i love being able to to put this on my platform and, and have people come on and tell their stories and because this, again, there, there are people out there that aren't aware that they're highly sensitive people. No, they're not aware of this. This is something that people are still learning now. And, yeah, and so to be, if I'm able to help one person realize it, or whatever, anyone, any of the episodes that I do is me, me wanting to learn myself. Because this, you're, I've I've had other highly sensitive people on as well. Yeah, and I love those conversations. Yeah so for me it's always me wanting to learn and at the same time i'm sharing it with my audience they get to learn they get to 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 see some amazing speakers and i'm blessed to be able to do this i'm just Mm -hmm. i'm I'm, i've made my i made like i didn't i'm not i wasn't in media i wasn't a radio host any of that i just jumped into this head first Learned how to do the stuff that I'm doing, how to edit, what, how to create RSS. I've learned so much in the three and a half years, almost four years of doing this. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's because I've wanted to grow and learn. Yeah, yeah. And so it's been great.
1: I, I love it. I, I just love it. And one of the benefits I personally have gotten from it is that I've gotten so much more clear about about all of this by being able to have conversations with other people about it. Um, but being on both sides of the microphone, I just adore it. And uh, I will say I as soon as I saw you through Podmatch and, and like, you know, they were like, Hey, check out this show. You might be a guest on this one. I just knew like when I listened to you and I checked out your other stuff, I was like, we're going to have a blast. And I just, I was, I was, I was like, we're going to have fun. So I'm very glad that I got to be here and and to be with you today.
0: I'm 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 happy. I'm it's what I always like. Every, after every show, I'm I'm always wired and charged because yeah. of the energy. Yeah. And and when I tell people, there's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm, it's like I'm high off of this show because. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I'm like sparkling right now. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, just because yeah. of, of the great energy and 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 just being able to, again, be able to being able to absorb. Great vibes and great energy, and then transmitting that out to the audience and to everyone who eventually, when people are going to listen to it as well, it's. I love it. I, I right
1: on. I, I yeah,
0: I'm looking forward to all the great conversations that I'm going to have, and and all the great content that that we're going to continue to put out there. So definitely, but so um, thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you so much. This has been a delight.
0: But uh, don't leave just yet. Let me close out the show, which we'll had a little bit off the air. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much again. This has been wonderful. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thanks to everybody in the chat who tuned in or oh, Tina Marie. What's up, Veronica? I appreciate you showing your love. This is, this is why I do the podcast is um, just to have these wonderful conversations. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, hopefully everyone had a great holidays it's it's been um an amazing year i'm looking forward to 2024 it's going to be very exciting but thank you to my real wise fam poppy j brandy j love you guys big big shout out to the boss lady love you and appreciate you baby big shout out to my guest jennifer moore for coming through and and sharing her great vibes and energy and and just I love it. I just love it so much. And as always, a big, big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless y'all. Be safe. You know how your boy Wise does it? Peace out.